Um, we're going to start today's children's sermon with a little bit of review, but then we're going to talk about today's reading because a lot happened in Nehemiah 5, so I want to make sure we know what's going on. I'm going to ask some questions. Nobody has to raise your hands. Just shout it out, okay? So first of all, what have the people been building in the book of Nehemiah? A wall. That's right. And grown-ups, y'all can say too. Here's the hardest question probably of the morning. Um, what have they been building the wall around? Yes, Jerusalem, good. And has it been easy for them? No, it has not. It has not been easy, but they've persevered, they've been taunted, they've been threatened, but they've continued to build this wall. But in chapter five, we encounter a new problem at the beginning of the chapter. Okay, maybe this is the hardest question. Did anybody catch what it was? Been brave enough? It's famine. And to make sure we all understand what famine is, it just means no food. I am not a farmer. I do not know what happened. Maybe it was a bunch of bugs ate it. Maybe there was a drought. But for some reason, there is not enough food to go around. So the people are hungry. So as if having no food is not bad enough, they are not just hungry. Some really bad things are happening. The famine is affecting everyone, rich and the poor. And since there's less food, the food that there is costs more money. So it looks like the nobles and the officials and even the priests maybe are taking advantage of the poor. Some of the poor people are having to give up their own land for other people to use. Some people are having to borrow money and the people that are borrowing money, they're doing something called charging interest. The important thing to know about that is God told them not to do it to each other. And some people are even having to sell their own sons and daughters into slavery to pay off their debt, the money they borrowed for food. Worst of all, we see them saying in verse 5 that there is nothing they can do about this. So this is what we would call a really good biblical description of oppression. The people are being forced to do things that are wrong, and they are powerless to stop it. So what does Nehemiah do? I love this, y'all. The first thing he does is he gets mad. He actually gets mad. So by a show of hands, I want to know, y'all think for a second, grown-ups, you can raise your hands too. If you've ever seen something wrong happening, maybe a kid was hitting another kid or somebody was lying or somebody was getting away with something and it made you angry. So mad, yeah, I thought so. So mad you wanted to scream, right? Like I wonder if Nehemiah felt that way. But he did not scream. The Bible says something really weird. I love this. It says after he got angry, he took counsel with himself. Have you ever <laughs> taken counsel with yourself? What that means is, is before Nehemiah did anything, like yelling at people, he got alone, and he thought things over for a while. One translation I read said he just pondered things. So he was angry, but he didn't just react in a blind rage, like I might have done. He spent some time in thought, and from what we all know about Nehemiah, he probably spent a lot of time in prayer, too. After he thought things over, he called the priests and the nobles and the officials together in a big meeting. He says a great assembly. So y'all imagine this, this huge crowd of people. And he brought what they were doing into the light. He said, this is what you're doing, and this is wrong. And the worst thing about all of this is God's people were doing this to each other. The nobles and officials were supposed to be taking care of the people, not taking from them. But Nehemiah called them out in the presence of everybody. And did anybody catch what the nobles and the officials said in response? You're, that's right, nothing. The Bible says they were silent and could not find a word to say. They had no defense. Y'all imagine that, this giant crowd of people, and they're just silent. It's like I was thinking Law and Order. Y'all know that grown-up show? It's like ancient Israel version of Law and Order. So then, 
Nehemiah tells them to return everything they had taken, the people's fields, their houses, everything. And he did not say, let's make a plan and return it later. He said, return to them this very day, the things that you have taken from them. What they were doing was wrong. And Nehemiah wanted them to stop immediately. Because you know what? When they're doing something wrong, we need to stop right away, not later. Finally, Nehemiah did one more really amazing thing. So did you know at this time he was governor over Judah? I think it said 12 years, right? As governor, he had the right from the king to take extra food from the people. It was called a food allowance. He had to feed a lot of people regularly, like 150 people. I mean, my family's big. There's only six of us. That is nothing on 150, right? And some of these are really impressive people, right? So he could have said, I kind of have the right to that food allowance. I got to feed more than most, but he didn't. He would not take the extra food from the people because he knew how much of a burden that would be on them. And not only would he not take it, but he continued to roll up his sleeves and work right alongside everyone else rebuilding that wall. Nehemiah looked at every Jewish person as his brother or sister, equal in the eyes of God. He did not act like he was more important than anyone else or deserving of special privileges. Nehemiah feared the Lord. We see that twice in chapter 5. And honoring God was more important to him than anything else. Okay, so what do we learn from Nehemiah? A lot of things. For one, we learn that when we see wrong things in the world, it is normal and right to be upset. But we need to think and pray about what God wants us to do in response to those things. Just yelling, that's wrong, or that's not fair, is not going to get us very far. Another thing we see is that when we know we're doing wrong, we need to stop right away. And we also see that the fear of the Lord will help us to make wise decisions. But you know what I noticed the most when I read Nehemiah 5? So I'll put it this way. So I really, really like Nehemiah. I think he's amazing. I love his boldness. I love his bravery. I love his honesty. But I also realized this week, I think I like Nehemiah because he reminds me of Jesus, right? Jesus also got mad when his people were hurt and helpless. Jesus also spoke out against evil and brought it into the light. And Jesus had a much more important position than governor like Nehemiah did. Jesus was king. But like Nehemiah, he did not use his position of power to lord it over people or take advantage of them. Instead, the Bible tells us that though he was equal with God, he took the form of a servant. So Nehemiah points us to Jesus. All right, let's pray. Lord, I cannot thank you enough for how often we find evidence of you all over your word. Thank you for Nehemiah and other people that point us to you, but we praise you the most for Jesus, for the best leader, for the one who defends the vulnerable, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you did not lord your kingship over us, but you came to live with us and to die for us, Lord. Thank you for your great love, and Lord, may we all be like children. May we never get tired of that truth. In Jesus' name, amen.